Rule number one, don't do anything you don't want to do. Rule number two, lower mom and dad's expectations of you. Rule number three, never do something someone else can do for you. I have an idea. Okay. Dennis the Menace. Ah, uh, no, he's not quite that uh, conniving. Are you familiar with the, uh, the Wimpy Kid uh, series at all? I know that they exist, and that is my <clears throat> my knowledge of them. And spill the beans, Nolan. Diary of a Rippy Kid 2, Logic Rules. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 of the Average Joe's Movie Clubcast. This is Justin Peterson. I'm Joey. And in this very special episode, we're getting in touch with our inner child and chatting with a special kiddo, because uh, he's my boy, um, as we chat about Steven Spielberg's Hook from 1991, along with the first movie I've ever seen from the acclaimed Cartoon Saloon, which is Song of the Sea from 2014. And just as a heads up, we do discuss all of our thoughts on films, so if you have not seen a movie, just skip forward to avoid any spoilers. And if you haven't seen Hook from 1991, you should just go watch it and then come back and listen to us. <laughs> Walk the plank. And if you want to be a part of the Movie Club cast, make sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a comment, we'd love to hear from you. So... Like I had mentioned in the preamble quote there, we got Nolan here. What's up, Nolan? Hey, what's up, guys? So how does it feel to be a, a podcaster right now? Great, excited, and, um, let's, and let's talk about some movies. Oh, yeah. So um, you have any opening questions for the Nolan Meister? Ninja Nolan, you find them on Letterboxd? So, was this something that you wanted to do, or is this something that uh, your pops here was like, hey, do this with me? Um, I went to do it. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> it's cool. It's very exciting that you're, uh, that you're into movies the way you are at your age. It's, that's really awesome. So, Nolan, tell us about um, some of your favorite movies, uh, your movie uh, lifestyle here in, uh, under my tutelage. 
Um, so my favorite movie that exists is The Free Guy that was released like about a month ago. I was really excited for it, um, but since the um, pandemic has hit, um, it's been like, hasn't came out in theaters, so um, I've been really sad about that. And then it finally released, and it was one of my favorite movies because of one theme, video games. <laughs> it was kind of like a Fortnite movie, wasn't it? Yeah, it did have Fortnite references, and also there was supposed to be a dude, like a dude skin in the game. And that's something uh, I think Joey and uh, Nolan have far more in common than I do, is they're both much more into the gaming. Yeah, I definitely enjoy gaming. Sometimes gaming movies, though, are very hit or miss. Um, so it was actually what I was about to ask was Nolan. So you said you liked it because it was like a video game. I haven't seen this movie. Um, but do you, did you like it because it looked and felt like a video game? Or is it something... Um, you would like to watch like movies based off of video games, Tomb Raider, Mortal Kombat, or maybe not Mortal Kombat, but movies of that elk that are video games first turned into movies. I think it's kind of like both because there's like you, there's the, there's like, I don't want to do too much spoilers of the movie since you haven't seen it. Like, you, you look at like some games that are very popular and like you're in. And, like, the entire movie is, like, a video game because um, I don't want to I don't want to give away well, the twist. Well, I mean, I, I know because it's, it's Ryan Reynolds, right? And he's a he's a NPC and realizes that he's yeah. an NPC and then, like, breaks out and goes game. on. Yeah, I think the big on. distinction you're making, Joey, is the fact that a lot of, like, the video game movies of old were, like, based off of like pre-existing games and a lot of the movies now like Free Guy and Wreck-It Ralph are like RPO yeah like characters in a video game world so it's a little bit more loosey-goosey there so not as much to mess up right yeah and I, I well not to tangent too far but yes um and then so you know you get you know you take the old Tomb Raiders from when we were in high school mm-hmm. and you know, some people really liked them because they're big budget action movies, and other people are like, "Oh, they weren't true to the game." You know, they needed to do this and this and this, and it's mm-hmm. like it's an adaptation. So, just like you know, a lot of people really liked the Mortal Kombat that came out earlier this year, and then there were other people who are like, "Well, you, it sucked for X, Y, Z reasons because it wasn't a Mortal Kombat movie because it didn't match the video games beat for beat." Mm-hmm. So, yep, adaptation's tricky. I would say, uh, is there any uh, adaptations um, that are out there that you haven't seen yet that you'd like to see? Uh, my answer would be, um, never did see the Assassin's Creed movie. I remember playing that game for the first time and thinking, man, this would be a great movie. And then they got terrible reviews, and so I kind of stayed away from it. I haven't seen it either, but I really like Michael Fassbender, and I'm, I'm with you. That is a movie that there's so much that can be done with it. Um especially with the way they made the universe over the years and you you could make multiple movies but you know apparently the that 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 initial one was um was a bomb yep but you know can you think of any video game movies you'd like to see um i'm kind of interested maybe a mario bros 2 mm-hmm. and i'm really interested in the sonic 2 game because 
It's uh, technically based on the game. Right. Yeah, he is excited because Tails is supposed to be in the, the next Sonic movie. That's what I've heard. I actually heard that that Sonic movie was really good, and I need to get around to watching it, but I haven't yet either. Um, we're talking about video game stuff, so a movie I actually think uh, it got kind of bad reviews, but I, I think is very underrated was Pixels. Um, now, it wasn't a movie based off of any games, but it had a lot of like old school references to arcades and just it was I thought it was a fun time. Like, I obviously don't think it's, you know, criterion worthy or anything, but it, it was a fun time. I just think it got a lot of flack that it didn't deserve. What are your thoughts on Pixels, Nolan? Okay, that's not true. That's number two behind Free Guy. Um, for do you would you count the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies as video game movies because they're 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 in video games, right? Well, they were comic books that were turned into a cartoon that had video games because of their popularity. Um, think about like how popular Fortnite is right now. And when your dad and I were kids, that's about how popular TMNT was as a cartoon. Um, and then they had the three movies when we were kids, like to the point Vanilla Ice was in one, and that was a big deal then. Um, and to the point they're still popular today. They just made, what, three or four movies not that long ago? Yep. Uh, produced by Michael Bay. All right. So anything going on with you, um, new jo- Joey? New, uh, no, nothing really new. Um, uh, I was supposed to go to a concert this coming Friday up in Spartanburg. I was going to my first concert in six years. But uh, now I'm not going due to some like logistic stuff. Like I got the time off work, but it was going to be real hard to get there in time for the meet and greet. Um, like we probably would have gotten there, but we would have had to like no pee breaks, no food breaks, no gas breaks. It was just like haul butt the whole way there. Um, and so I was like, well, why don't we drive two cars and then you don't have to make a two hour trip out of your way. And then, you know, a two hour trip on the way back to drop me in Florence. But that did not work for some reason. So, uh, now I'm just going to go to Charlotte and hang with some of my, some of my buds this weekend. And, um, I might. I, I think what I'm going to do is um, we're going to go to Second and Charles up there because I love the Second and Charles in Charlotte, and I'm probably going to get another one of those um, 50 movies for like $25 that I did two years ago. Now I think that big box deal. Yeah, and uh, unbox it because we haven't done an unboxing in a while, and yeah, you know I only have room for like 10 movies on my shelf, so buying 50 at one time is perfectly fine. <laughs> but outside of that not still just work uh, I restarted Stranger Things because that's just who I am um so yeah I'm thinking I should uh, dive into that one with Nolan one of these days that seems like it'd be up his alley I'm very uh, reluctant on TV shows though have you have you watched it all I haven't seen any of it okay so cause he likes horror stuff right yep yeah, I think that plus you would get you would get all the eighties nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's movie references and like game references and stuff like that. And it, I mean, like D and D is a pretty big prevalent thing throughout it as well. Mm-hmm. Like I think you would, both of y'all would love it. Like 
And I mean, the seasons are short. Uh, season one is eight episodes, and season two is nine. Season three is eight, and they're forty-five minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it's not a huge time commitment, but I know that will cut into your uh, your movie time. So, and well, I've been managing things a little bit, like with the Marvel uh, shows coming out. I've cut out time to watch those and been enjoying What If lately, and then um, just most recently, uh, Dan Brown's A Lost Symbol started playing on peacock and um i read that book and enjoyed it so i sacrificed 45 minutes to check that one out as well any of these um, shows sound interesting to you nolan um any marvel movies like shows i don't like the shows very much because like they're not like with my favorites like like what like for example, like WandaVision, I I watched like two or three episodes, maybe like four. I know I watched the first one, maybe the second one. I'm not sure, but Loki, I've only watched. I only I only fell asleep to the first episode and like watched like one like one through two minutes of just peeking over the banister, <laughs> and I had to watch like I think I had to watch like the second or third one with Dad like. Uh, uh, during vacation at like like at like midnight. Oh, yeah, when we went to the cabin. Yeah, we popped on one division. That was yeah. No, no, no. Loki at like vacation when, when we got that first Pixar puzzle for Father's Day. I think you say so. I'm losing track. I can't believe I've seen all of one division, all of Captain America and um, Loki. Winter Soldier and Loki and now uh, What If? Where are you on all these now? I still need to watch Loki. I haven't watched a single episode of that, um, which is kind of why I was like, oh, I, that's how I live my life, because I'm restarting Stranger Things, which I've seen twice, but I haven't watched Loki yet, and I haven't watched uh, What If. I was waiting for that to finish. Okay. Um, but I did just get uh, my Black Widow Steelbook in the mail, so I need to watch that. Um, nice. But. I didn't. I wasn't feeling a third movie yesterday, so instead I restarted Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're in the mood for. All right, let's get into some uh, movie talk with the What Would You Watch game. So I'm assuming these are pretty uh, family friendly. Uh, I mean, I hope so. Okay. <laughs> no, they. Freddy are. or Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so, Freddy versus Jason. Ha! Got him. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Those are those are family movies. What are you talking about? Nothing it's bad happens in picture. <laughs> nothing happens in those. All right. Ah. So, yeah, I know I butchered the spelling on that second one, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> All. <laughs> let's do a '90s animated movie throwdown: uh, okay. Shrek versus Aladdin. I'll let you go first, Nolan. What would you watch first? Would it be Shrek or Aladdin? Have Aladdin. you even seen? Have you seen Shrek? I've probably seen like, like I've probably seen like clips on YouTube, maybe. Okay. I've heard that the the third one is the worst one. <laughs> That's probably accurate. I do. I don't know a... if I've seen the third one. I can't remember. I remember bits of it. Um, yeah, uh, Shrek isn't something I've been back to lately, but yeah. I'd like to go down the Shrek road. Um, Aladdin is kind of funny because, you know, that's my favorite Disney animated film ever. And whenever I reviewed that on Letterboxd, um, I did a real quick one saying like, hey, this is my favorite. And I put a quote and I was done with it. And it ended up being like 
super popular. Um, but uh, hmm, I would I would go with Shrek just because I do need to dive back into those. Where that's a toughie though, because yep, Aladdin's Aladdin's the fave. I still need to see. I mean, still need to show the boy um, Aladdin three. The uh, what's it called? Um, is it Prince oh of Thieves or something? No. Something like that. All I remember is the meme where it's like Aladdin for Jafar needs glasses. <laughs> it, so I think that might have been in like Family Guy or something. Number one. Number two. Um, I think I would take... I'm kind of in that same boat as you. Like I, I don't really remember a ton of Shrek. Like I've seen it maybe twice and it was... You know, late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, that um, was fine because we were kind of in high school then, so we were kind of getting out of our animated phase, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was it was like I think people underestimate just how like or forget just how big that movie was. Like it mm-hmm. was, it was everywhere. Yep. Um. So, like, I'd probably take Shrek just for that reason. But I mean, I love Aladdin. Like. Like, obviously, I mean, I opened the last episode with a quote from Aladdin, so... But, yeah, I mean, it's time to revisit. I mean, do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? (laughs) Any uh, fond memories of Aladdin, Nolan? I'm watching the second one for the first time. Fun fact, it's, like, tied with the first one, because... Yeah. It's because, like, I like the second one because uh, I like the mind tricks and the illusions... But the only downfall with the first one that I think the second one makes it tied is like the end where like um, where, where like they're trapped. It's all red to where it's like it like turns it to like kind of like a like a kid's scary movie, kind of like the red everywhere. Okay. Because like because usually an animated uh, an animated like movies, the villains always carry around green like. The girl from, like the the lady from Little Mermaid's Green Eyes. Mm. Um, so have you seen Return to Far? Yeah, Joey. Oh, a long, long, <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> it's only uh, not too long ago, but um, it, it was it, they made it to set up the animated series, so it's very TV show esque like, and there's a lot of go. Gilbert Godfrey singing in it, so it has its pros and cons. I like it all right. There was a TV show. Yeah, an Aladdin TV show. You didn't catch that? Uh, no. Was it on like the cable? It was on like Fox um, Kids uh, week weekday afternoon series kind of thing. Oh no, I I think of uh, because I hit like third grade and. It like coming home from school was like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Okay. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, it's possible I saw it. I just I don't even remember it. So this like, was like the same like um. So it'd be like Ducktales, and there'd be like Tailspin, and Rescue Rangers, and like Aladdin, and then like this uh, Peter Pan show. Darkwing Duck. Yeah, Darkwing Duck at oh, one I, point. I remember. Some of those. I mean, I remember Tailspin, but I remember being much younger watching Tailspin and Rescue Rangers, like much younger. Hmm. I did go for a while. Uh-oh. So. All right. So with that being said, let's dive into our the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
right, so we'll go in order of uh, Joey, myself, and then Nolan, just so Nolan kind of gets the feel of this segment. So um, mine are, so Nolan's is just the traditional good, bad, and ugly. Mine are um, my new favorite movie, Pure Insanity, and not as pretentious as it sounds. What you got, Joey? I've got B-A-B-Y. Oh, no. <laughs> 80s camp and Japan steampunk. That does sound like your kind of category. <laughs> well, let's hear all. Let's let's hear about this this Edgar Wright film of yours. <laughs> I was wondering if you would get that or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw you watch that and you liked it. Yes, I love this movie. This movie is fantastic. For those who have not picked up on what we're talking about, I am talking about Baby, that's B-A-B-Y, Driver. Um, This musically-filled, stylized, heist action movie. Um, Yeah, lots of music. Um, Like, I feel like they spent, he spent, uh, Edgar Wright spent a lot of time working on the soundtrack. It has a crazy cast. I mean, Kevin Spacey, John Hamm, um, Jamie Foxx, like a lot of a lot of heavy hitters in it. And it's just it's a fun time with a lot of cool action scenes. That first opening high scene was fantastic. There's a scene near the end, and there's this big shootout, and the guns are being shot to the t- tune of the music. Like, yeah. I'm guessing that uh, you, Mr. Peterson, did not enjoy this movie. You know, I have a habit of sometimes when there's like the most fun movie of the year, for some reason I don't have as good of a time with it as most people would, um, most people do. For some reason, this movie came off really, really smug to me. Now, a lot of the stuff you're saying with like the, the soundtrack matching up with the action doesn't even register, so I should probably give it another shot, but... um. I don't know these these some of these Edgar. I mean, Scott Pilgrim is by far my favorite Edgar Wright movie, and the rest of them I think are just kind of meh. Um, well, I've seen four of five, four of his movies now, um, and I think this is the second best one. I've, Scott Pilgrim is the best. Speaking um, of video game movies, right? That's a actually that's a if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So is it a manga? It was like a graphic novel. Oh. And then there was a video game in or around the same time as the movie. Um, let's see. You should watch the fight scenes in that, Nolan. You'd enjoy that. Oh, yes. yeah. I was just thinking of Spider-Man as a video game movie, but I already know what the comics was first. Yep. And the movies. Yeah, so the movie came out in 2010. Two. Pilgrim. Yeah, I recently watched an Edgar Wright film myself. I saw the the World's End. Oh, nice. That was alright. It's the best one. <laughs> okay, and the video game also came out in 2010, in August of 2010. Hmm. Versus, let's see. Boop, 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 boop. The exact date for... Scott Pilgrim versus the world was August 13th, so they basically released simultaneously. 
<laughs> oh wow. There you go. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors for the win. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh where you wanna go next with my with mine? Let's go for pure insanity. Alright, so I checked out this this malignant movie from uh James Wan, uh maker of the Conjuring series, the Saw series, the uh what am I leaving out? There's another one. Conjuring. I say Conjuring, Saw, and there's another Insidious. series of horror movies. He was um Was it Insidious? Yes, the Insidious series. Thank you, Nolan. Um so yeah, I heard this was a real campy fest. Um, dove into it, and it's it definitely takes itself seriously throughout the first half, and then finally it hits the camp factor, and it's like it's like it hits a button and it gets a little silly for a second, and then it just pure craziness. Um, yeah, it's like all of a sudden it's like the Matrix in a horror movie at the end, and it's like where did this come from? Um, it's pretty. It's I don't want to give out any spoilers. Are you any interested? This is on HBO Max right now. Have you heard of it, Joy? Yes. I mean, it's pretty big deal. Like, I got a bunch of friends who have talked about it. Carl watched it because um, he didn't think I had a super ton of interest in it. It was one of those things where it was like, eh, I would watch it, but, like, I've got other stuff I think I'd rather watch right now than it, like Black Widow or Cry Macho before I get into the full-blown we're watching horror movies, um, which is, you know, coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> so... Fast approaching. Uh, we still got to figure ours out, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Is Cry Macho's on HBO Max now? I believe it was. I believe and that's it was a, a new. Uh, that's a new Eastwood. Is that a western? I don't know if it's a western, but it's it is. I directed and starring Eastwood, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, it might be like a modern style western. Oh. But so the premise of this it's thing in, is this. Um, oh, go it's ahead. in seventy-eight. Okay. Um. So this lady, she gets bashed in the head by her um, kind of abusive husband, and then she starts getting visions of like this this killer killing off these folks, and um, she's adopted, and she's always had one had like she wants to have a kid because she wants to have blood ties to somebody, and. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's a wild one. So has, has anything been spoiled for you yet? Not really. Like, I just know that it's... Or if it has, I forgot. I just know that it's... Some people are like, oh my god, it's so it's so campy and over the top and stupid. And some people are like, ooh, that's good. Some people, that's bad. And then, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I don't quite understand, like, the, the, the hate on that camp. Because I feel like most horror fans do enjoy, like, more campy stuff. But I guess with, like hereditary and more like upscaled really creepy slash like depressing horror i guess maybe things have shifted i don't know all right nolan what okay so you want to tell joey about your you remember what your ugly movie is i think it was the dog days of the whippy kid series remember uh you're gonna talk about jaws the revenge oh yeah that was from uh, yeah, Josh for the Revenge. Um, yeah, that one was probably the weakest one of the of the franchise because it's just like I don't get how they killed the shark. It's like they 
It's almost like they shared like a scene from like the first or second one. Yeah, the first one. Put it in the scene, and then the shark's just automatically dead. <laughs> oh, or like she's probably getting like a flashback. Maybe I don't know what it is. Um, Jazzy Revenge. I just don't like it as much because one it because one that should have been a title already in the franchise. Second, uh, but four is way too many. And third, it's like, it's just like, I don't like any of the kills in the movie. And like, probably the best one was probably in the beginning, probably. Didn't, like, the sh- did the sharp jump, like, out of the water to get him? I-, I don't think they even saw it. I think it was all, like, shaky cam. A real, really bad movie. Have you seen Jaws the Revenge? I know. I have only seen Jaws, and I saw that for the first time, like, two or three years ago. Yeah, they it get might... prevent progressively worse as they go along um but you're a big fan of number three right nolan yes that's like the sea world one um so the so, so love of jaws have we seen like deep blue sea or sharknado or any of the other giant shark movies i've seen shallow i've seen uh, deep blue sea three by fell asleep i C3? saw the meg I've not seen the Meg. I need to see that. Yeah, it's all right. Crank meets giant shark. Yeah, we we watched um, Deep Blue Sea. Haven't gotten into Sharknados yet. Tanner's the big shark connoisseur. He he watched these. Uh, I got, we got him. Um, I think Santa brought him the Jaws DVD, like with two through four on it. And yeah, I think we have like the the Digi book of the first one. Then we have like a yeah. sequel pack. Yeah, we got the 4K of the first one. That was cool to get. I could bring them out if you want. They're in the drawer. (laughs) They're in the drawer right now. All right. Let's round it back up to Joey for some steampunk Japanese style. All right. So I'm going to talk about another 2021 movie since you talked about one. This one is on the Netflix. Not Netflix. The Netflix. Um, (laughs) And it stars Mary, Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead, and that's Kate. Uh-huh. Um, if you're not familiar with this, it is essentially another John Click, John Click, John Wick clone or wannabe. Uh-huh. Um, set in Japan, very vibrant, um, very like modern steampunk style lighting, um, super stylized action. The, the the whole plot is that Kate, who's played by Mary Elizabeth, um she's a, an assassin like the best assassin in the world and uh, Woody is. Harrelson is her handler and she is sent on a kill it's supposed to be her last kill well no she's just sent on a kill and she's going to kill this guy and her daughter is there or his daughter is there rather and so she doesn't want to do it because they said no women no kids or no kids and they make her do it anyway, and then she's feeling really bad, and she wants to leave and get out. And they're like, well, you do this one last mission, you're done. And she ends up poisoned. Um, and she has 24 hours to live from this poison that there's no antidote for. And she goes on a rampage trying to find who murders her. Um, or, yeah, well, essentially murders her, but poisoned her. Ah. So, Was this better than the, was it Gunpowder Milkshake? Gunpowder? I thought Gunpowder Milkshake was better than this. Not, like, by a ton but mm-hmm. I, I did think it was better. I enjoyed it more um, than than Kate. So um, because it, it it felt like more of it was like here I'm gonna homage 
to John Wick. I'm going to homage to this movie or that movie instead of just kind of ripping it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and instead of one one woman who was dying, it's you know like a group of women. You know, you've got Lena Headley, you've got um, Karen Gillum. Um, so yeah, and there's a couple other you know a couple of other um, bad A chicks in there. So. Yeah, I'm really, really bad with keeping up with the Netflix originals. Like, I always see they, they get really popular, and for some reason I never dive into them. Although I'm a lot better with keeping up with HBO stuff, I think. Well, I mean, HBO stuff, I mean, also, you know, when it's like Godzilla versus Kong, like, yeah. it's a, you know, or Malignant, or Mortal Kombat, or, you know, whatever. It's, or, you yeah, know, it's Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. Yeah, I should watch that at some point. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. <laughs> it's better. Alrighty. So, Justin, that? tell me about something that is not as pretentious as it sounds. Alright, so I saw this uh, Daniel Day-Lewis movie in the collection. Okay, it's, it's, called... it's already pretentious. <laughs> oh, come on now. Um, it's called The Unbearable Lightness of Being. Doesn't that sound like the most pretentious title you've ever heard? That sounds very pretentious, and it has DDL in it, boy. And it has, um, and also Girl Chick from Blue. Um, blue is the warmest color, blue? No, no, three colors blue. Um, oh, I got you. Uh, Benoche, I think, is her last name. Um, three colors blue. Bleh. Bleh. The good one. Oh, they're all good, friend. They're all yeah, good. <laughs> Julia Pinoche. Um, yeah, so Daniel Day-Lewis, Julia Pinoche. It's about this womanizer in Czech Republic, or uh, Czechoslovakia, like during whenever the Soviet Soviets were rolling in. Um, basically, the gist of it is, is it better to live like a pr- promiscuous life of like freedom or have like the security of monogamy kind of that's basically the gist of it. It's about three hours long, but it's really the being with Daniel Day Lewis and Julia Binoche through through this whole like, um, you know, the, the Soviets come rolling in, which is a really cool sequence. And then they flee off to Switzerland and then like she flakes out because he's like cheating on her. And so then he follows her back and. He doesn't get to be a surgeon anymore because he's like he had wrote this propaganda paper against the Soviets. So um, a lot of good history stuff in there, and yeah, I just I enjoyed it overall. Like, you know, it was kind of an undertaking being like a three-hour movie, but um, if it wasn't for Criterion, I wouldn't have saw it, and I happened to enjoy it. You and your Russian movies, and your Russian movies with love stories, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be glad you watched this on your own. So, goodness gracious! All right, Joe, Nolan, what's your good movie? My good movie is Pixar's Inside Out from 2015. It's about this girl named Riley that has a very um, that has a very creative life. And she has like these little voices in her head with emotions, at with fear, disgust, um, anger, joy, and sadness. I like the reaction there. 
And uh, two yeah. of them, joy and sadness. Louis are... Black is anger. That's money. And yeah. Ellen's Ellen DeGeneres is um the no, main. Joy is played by um chick from SNL. Um, oh, yeah, SNL? yeah. Dory's made was by Ellen. No, I, I I mean I thought it was both of them for some reason. So that's uh yeah, that's me too. My <laughs> bad. Yeah, I went, yeah, Amy I got Polar the I got the mix too. Because yep. I saw a clip at school, I was like, hmm, she smells familiar as Dory because I know Dory uh, is voiced by Ellen. Bill Hader's sphere is a little underwhelming in that movie, but yeah, Jack Black or Jack Lewis Black <laughs> delivers. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to be outdo Lewis Black in that spot. So true, true. So what do you what's what do you like most about Inside Out, Nolan? Is that I like the creativity in the movie and like how it's like based on and I like the way that like we're get we get to see everything in the movie and the movie has like has like sad parts, happy parts, like all like the emotions in the movie are like like a scene in the movie kinda. Like, Disgust, like, has her own scene in the beginning where she, like, where uh, the baby Riley eats, tried to eat broccoli, but she hates broccoli. Um, and the other, like, the other two, Fear and Anger, are, like, around the movie. And then Sad, Sadness and Joy are, like, the entire movie, kind of, almost. Um, but I like the creativity a lot because there's Imagination Land. There's, like... There's like a preschool land, I think. Goofball Island, right? They're yeah, islands, yeah, that right? was like a, that was like a, uh, yeah, yeah. Friendship that was like Island, a, Family yeah. Island. Yeah. yeah um, it's a good coming of age story. There's Hockey Island, and there's these things called core memories that are like um, memories in her life that were very important to her, and then there, once they go to like the core of her brain, she, uh, it makes a new island. And then the more she does that, the more she knows. But the mystery is that the memories, the core memories, get undone because sadness took over the like the uh, console. To where she, one of the um, core memories are sad because they're supposed to be happy, obviously, because they're an important. Um, part of her life so and yeah like almost like 90% of the memories are happy for continuous reasons um and I like the ending the ending's probably the best part because I like it makes me cry because like because like it make it like so happy it's like so happy like it makes you so happy to where it like makes you cry kind of shoot that opening piano music makes me tear up and yeah, yeah, hearing you describe it, it's pretty interesting, Nolan, how, like, the movie really conveys the fact that, like, in the moment, a memory is, like, happy, but the further you get away from it and you get more nostalgic about it and you know it, like, you're never going to have that again, it gets sadder. So, um, I hadn't really ever thought of it that way, but, um... Oh, yeah, like, for the, like, clearly this is a movie made for children, but there is a lot of, like, deep, heavy stuff in there. That's presented in a way where it doesn't feel that way when you're watching it, but it really is. So this movie is fantastic. And I know I said earlier, Aladdin was my favorite Disney movie. This is d easily my favorite uh, Pixar. Wow! 
half of the time it's either like Monsters Inc., Toy Story One, or like Ratatouille. Dad's is obviously Ratatouille, but like I'm not seeing too much of Ratatouille. But Ratatouille is like obviously in the top five, obviously. But like I'm seeing Incredibles, Monsters Inc., and Toy Story first place. Um. Well, I mean, Toy Story, especially for people me and your father's ages, I, like that's a big, big deal. Um, movie, and I really wish they would have ended at three. And I have not watched four, and I don't know if I will. Um, but it's Toy Story one is 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 a classic, and you can't it, it can't be overlooked. But yeah, no, I just loved Inside Out. So yeah, that's like the first uh, picture of movie I saw in theaters, and that's also my number one. Um, I for some reason like some of the 2015 movies like. Like, for an example, Home, Jurassic World, Good Dinosaur, Inside Out, I thought came out the year later for some reason. I don't know why. Because I felt like they were earlier, not later. All right. How about uh, some 80s camp, Joey? All right. You're going to bear with me because this is a, um, a long name, and I'm going to try to describe this movie um, as family-friendly as possible. Okay. This this is the sorority babes in the slime ball bolo rama. Um, <laughs> I've heard a lot about this movie, but uh, it's a class, it's it's B camp at its finest. Uh, yeah. So I came across this movie actually. Um, so mine and Carl's friend uh, Rosa came over, and we had to finish up mine and her deal where we, we made a deal to watch certain movies, and it took us a really long time. So I. Was, where I watched La La Land for the second time this year, and then Baby Driver. Um, and then we were looking around in Shudder, and we were going to watch this movie called Slacks, um, which is about this killer pair of jeans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we saw this, and we were like, no, we've, we've got to watch this movie. So take, like, an 80s teen comedy, you know, a... a you know, or an 80s college comedy kind of deal and mix it with, like, a B-horror movie. This is what you got. So you've got, obviously, sorority babes. So that's part of the name. Um, during initiation, they are um, in all sorts of different layers of undress throughout the movie um, because that's the kind of movie this is. Um, and they end up breaking into a bowling alley. The, the two girls who are... Um, being initiated they have to break into a bowling alley and there's a trophy that gets dropped and unleashes this demon and you know like he tricks them into doing stuff for him and like he has this really deep voice and he's like oh yeah baby not like not like austin powers but like cool guy um like almost kind of reminded me of like maybe shaft or something um, the way he talked, um, but yeah, it's super campy. It's not good at all, like at all. But um, <laughs> the final girl uh, was was pretty dope. She had a cool name. Um, her name was Spider, uh, and you know she kind of just kicked butt, and you know, yeah, <laughs> that's right. what I got. So, Mr. Peterson, tell me about your new favorite movie. Gosh, I never thought I would have that feeling again, but um, this is a musical. 
And um, if only you had picked this at the season two premiere, you know, an well, actual musical. Thinking. <laughs> <laughs> matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a fine, catch me a catch. Yeah, Fiddler on the Roof. Oh my gosh, I love this movie so much. Um, you know, I'm into the whole like Russian thing, and I've always had a fascination with like Jewish culture and the sound of like their music, and so this bring melds that all together just perfectly. Um, it's kind of has a deity. I mean, like I said, it's it's all about this guy in this Jewish community and his daughters are all kind of like going breaking against the tradition of the times. Uh, meanwhile, like the Bolsheviks are rising in uh, Russia, so like the the Jews are getting oppressed and pushed out of their areas um, or their towns. So that's that's the basic story of it all. But how like it's all through the father's eyes and how he's like he's talking to himself and then he's talking to God and he's just and, and it's this constant conversation and it's so entertaining and relatable and it's fantastic music and I'd seen it a long time ago and I really enjoyed it. I actually fell in love with the music a long long time ago because it's part of a lot of Mike marching band shows. But um, watching the movie again, I was just in pure bliss and. Um, it's. It, I can easily say that's gonna be my favorite movie to anyone who asks. Doesn't matter if they're an employer or, you know, Joey or Nolan. Uh, yeah. So that talks. That takes the top spot off of Clockwork Orange for Fiddler on the Roof. Well, I mean, <laughs> having never seen Fiddler on the Roof, I just know that it's a better movie than Clockwork Orange. So. I always gotta throw you dirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, you know. All right, let's round it out with Nolan's bad movie. Cars, the sequel, number two. Cars two. Holy crap, this thing's a disaster. This thing is a piece of crap. I tried to rewatch it on the computer. But guess what? The scenes were, were restarting, so I had to like I had to pass forward it. It took me for an hour to pass forward. Um, this thing's a disaster because Mater's the main character, but not but not Lightning McQueen. They're trying. They're trying to make Mater for some reason. This thing's just dumb. Why is it a spy theme in the first place? This thing is just a disaster. Like it's oh my quite, gosh! It's, it's quite the mess. It's kind of hard. I I, I, I envy you probably my to talk about it because it's such a messy. Probably movie. my favorite scene was when they were trying to kill the cars. So you just don't give them gas, right? Like I've never <laughs> seen either Cars movie, but I have heard that Cars Two is atrocious. There's three of them. Number three's the best. It's number three planes. <laughs> Actually, Actually, Planes was made by Disney. That's a uh, that's a misnomer. Planes isn't yeah. counted, counted in the uh, Pixar canon. By far, Cars the, the Cars franchise is the worst franchise of like Disney <laughs> there is. Uh, other beside um, Notre Dame and Pocahontas, but still, um, yeah. Oh, hot takes! I'm not the only one throwing out hot takes on this episode. I love it. So, uh, well, which one did it, uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame or the Pocahontas one? Which one was the put you a gasp? Who, me? Yeah. Both. Uh-huh. But th- th- then again, like, 
you know, those are from our childhood. And, you know, they came after the two best, Lion King and Aladdin. Um, mm-hmm. But <clears throat> they were both very good. I mean, even if Pocahontas is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not historically correct. I would say inaccurate, um, a, a, a lot, inaccurate, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> inaccurate by a lot. <laughs> I mean, I get it, it's for kids, but still, like... It's all right, out. there's some... <clears throat> so, um... But yeah, Cars t- but yeah, Cars 2... I mean, turning a racing movie into a spy movie uh, and trying to have Mater as the main character, yeah, you pretty much hit it on the head, Nolan, for why it's, it's pretty much a train wreck. Um, yeah, that's, like, one of the reasons. It's because, like... They're trying to do something new, but it's just being—it's just being a disaster. It's not even—it's not even going with the first one. The first one's much better. It's—it's it's the best one by far. But um, yeah, Cars Cars Three is just the same thing as one, almost. One reason I don't watch the Cars trilogy because they suck. Two. <laughs> um, I don't watch the Cars trilogy. They suck. <laughs> Cars just nah. I just don't talk about cars or planes at all. That seems like a reasonable thing, in all honesty. For some reason, I feel like Incredibles is Big Hero Six and Planes is Cars. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Planes Day definitely came right after Cars, so that popularity of the the humanoid vehicle movies. All right, let's get into our featured movie. So, Joey picked this from my family movie category. Hook is from 1991. It's an American fantasy swashbuckler adventure film directed by our boy, Steven Spielberg. Is this our first Spielberg film? I think it might actually be our first Spielberg film. Holy cow. Because we haven't... We haven't talked about Jaws. We haven't done Close Encounters. We haven't done Schindler's List. We haven't done JP. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, it stars uh, Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Julia Roberts, and Bobby Hoskins. Synopsis, courtesy of the IMDb, when Captain James Hook kidnaps Peter Pan's children, an adult Peter Pan must return to Neverland and reclaim his youthful spirit in order to challenge his old foe. So, I heard you kind of like this movie, Joey. What would ever give you that impression? That comment (laughs) you left on my old ass review of it. (laughs) Boy! They're making a remake, but it's actually good. I actually watched this over the... the Reimagination. Well, I don't know. What would you call this this, this puppy? I I would watch this over Peter Pan, in my opinion. So, oddly enough, I made the statement yesterday that if this had, say, they had remade this about three or four years ago, that they could have had the entire cast of kids from Stranger Things. They're all, you know, 16, 17 now, so it'd probably be a little bit older or a little bit harder to fill them all in. You might still get one of them to be like Rufio or something, but I don't even know who that would be. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I, had loved this movie as a child a whole bunch, and I was very unsure about it coming back into it because you know how you watch something and you know you love it as a kid, but now it just falls flat. This movie did not fall flat, but I mean, 
Steven Spielberg is the master of amazement and wonderment in movies. Um, Robin Williams, well, I mean, he is one of the greatest actors of all time for a reason. Um, Dustin Hoffman, like, I never imagined, you know, thinking about it as an adult, Dustin Hoffman being, like, a pirate or being Hook, you would be like, man, that's that's bad. And then, you know, nah, he's real good. And... 1991 Julia Roberts like that's like peak Julia Roberts so mm-hmm. yeah no I think it was uh it was very very well done now I remember seeing bits of this growing up but I don't think I really saw it in full until I watched it with you Nolan a few Christmases ago so um you remember much about it on your first watch Nolan all I remember was that hook was I just remember the hook design and like Craver. All I know is that like all like the stuff from the actual Peter Pan movie was in it. Um, How'd you feel about it this time? It was amazing. That's a clean five stars, hundred percent clean. You you have trained you have trained your son well. I so going through the movie some um I like. I'm not sure if you noticed this, but um, so in like the opening play, um, the kid playing Peter Pan's a girl, which I yes. thought was a nice reference to the fact that like in the stage play, that's how it is. Yeah, so and typically I think in most plays, it is it is played by a girl. Also, who was Toodles? He was the old man who had lost his marbles. What? No, no, like in the like in the actual Peter Pan movie. You talking about like the animated Peter Pan movie? Yeah, like who was he? Was he Michael? Well, was Bruh, Michael? I, I haven't seen that in I don't know how long, so I could not tell you. How would Michael be Toodles? But when like Michael was already on the door, like uh, carved on there, and also Toodles, like he, Michael could have just drawn both of his name, or was Toodles the last name? I'm not sure, but I'm guessing Toodles was a nickname, but it doesn't ring a bell. I'm guessing it was the little one, but. I think Toodles is probably like a the bear. Yeah, the little kid in the the bear pajamas. That's that's Michael, right? I don't know. Anyways, moving on. Um, I wanted to know early on. Yeah, there's a big theme of like the emphasis on like kind of missing out on like your personal life whenever you're like married to your work. Um, but it all also it's very odd how he goes to that morning meeting and they have this um old style cell phone draw thing and <laughs> with that big goofy baseball hat of his so like even though he's like mr businessman has to work all the time like you do see hints of like him being like this laid back kind of like child at heart guy yeah um and even though that was kind of like a big clunky cell phone like it still looked relatively small because you know i think of phones from that era and i think of like zach morris like you know the zach morris special half the size of your head <laughs> um, or a car phone style yeah so but it was you know the old the og flip phones where the bottom flipped down the santa claus baseball classic huh boy yeah <laughs> the, the claws classic <sighs> no one's a pitcher and so like uh whenever he saw the pitch the 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 the, the, the um Purple. he saw the catcher throw up the the sign he's like oh no change up he's yeah he's like he's making a little commentary on how the pitching was going down i thought that was funny huh also that uh 
what's what's Peter's kid's name? His son, I can't remember. I'm bad at names. Um, uh, the ticket is Jack. Yeah, Jack has no uh, um, plate discipline because that ball was so far out of the zone. Like <laughs> it was like over his head. Um, have you ever yeah. seen um, What About Bob? I have not. That's uh, the kid that plays Peter Pan's son is uh, also the son from What About Bob. So, anywho, all right. So, um, moving on with the plot here. <laughs> yeah, no one. He's so he plays with his cell phone all the time, but he gets to the field and no one is there. <laughs> he sent his assistant ahead to start recording it. Yeah, no one bothered to give him a call and be like, "Yeah, we're we're down here at the Denny's now." It's like everybody wants him to catch the ball, and then like the ne- and then like the next cut, they're like, "Oh, dang it! Did he catch the ball?" And like the 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 next second is like, "Why are we looking at his work? Which we should we should just be watching Peter Pan at this point." Hmm. Cause it's probably been like ten minutes at the movie already. Cause this movie goes by pretty quick. Because like once they're in Neverland, it's like forty five minutes already. Mm-hmm. Um, did you add something, Joey? Uh, no, it's just the movie does go by fast for a movie that's almost two and a half hours long. Like, it it kind of flies by. Um, so it cuts right from the baseball diamond to them on a plane over going over to uh London. <laughs> and um, so Jack he draws the picture of the the crashing plane, which is quite morbid to be looking at during an overnight flight. Then why did the girl, like, give Dad the thing, or the Jack was, like, in a different seat? Did, was it the little girl who drew it? Like, she was explaining no, she, it to the dad. Yeah, no, no, Jack threw it, or drew it, because when he sat down and asked him about it, he's like, why didn't you give me a parachute? And he was like, why do you think? <laughs> <laughs> gave, some, gave some of that sass. Sass, I know all about that sass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this reminded me of my two oldest boys, Nolan and Tanner, quite a bit with, you know, trying to be too cool for school. And Tanner Pooper, that's what his name is. To the extent where I lose my cool and don't want to be a, a jerk, and I, my inner jerk comes out sometimes. Yeah. So what you're saying is you're filled with, filled with anger? More he so probably gets wish. like half of the ideas from horror movies, so like, yeah. Oh, please don't say that. That's pretty terrifying. My dad turns into Freddy Krueger. I mean, doesn't everyone have um, gloves with knives on the end of them? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a cop thing? It's a nightmare, not a dream. Not, not a dream. Not imagination dream. What do you think knives mean death? So they get over to London, and uh, we meet old Lady Wendy, and we see the nursery, and like the whole idea of the Peter Pan story kind of starts coming together. Um, when I watched this a few Christmases ago, and I think this was the first time I had ever saw it in full, like I did think it kind of rolled out kind of slowly, where like, and I really think that comes down to the fact that the guy who plays Peter Pan, Robin Williams, like he really acts like he has no clue for the like forever. But um, you know, when you finally get to that reveal where he remembers who he is, that um, makes it that much more enjoyable. But this time it clicked by really, really fast. So I think it kind of helped the fact that I kind of knew how it was going to play out. 
I feel like um, I feel like the reveal part was like at an, at the first hour, even though it's three minutes later. So, yeah. Also, I didn't know who the old people were until the second time watching it. So, like mm-hmm. when I had to watch it, and I could get my notes. Right. So one of one of the things that I noticed when we get to the uh, the nursery is that window latch. Mm-hmm. It's not just a window latch; it's literally hooks hook. Yep, a little hook. As as the and then there's all the stuff you know. You look up in the top, and there's hook ship, and there's all these different things throughout the um, throughout the her her place. That, nursery, you know, right? Her, yeah, well, the nursery and throughout her house that is there to remind you. And so you know. As Peter hasn't been there in 10 years at this point, and who knows, you know, how few and far in between he came after that. Um, you know, that's part of the reason that he just forgot. I also assume, you know, being in love with her granddaughter. But it was very, I just thought it was a very interesting and nice touch how they weave that in there. And then they also, you know, a little bit later, um, they, they weaved in the, the, the alligator or the crocodile and the clock and also Tiger Lily. Um, so I thought they did some, you know, cool stuff there. Tiger, t- Tiger Lily was in this? No, they made a nod. So remember when they're trying to check if it's Peter Pan when he's on the ship and mm-hmm. they pull up his shirt and he's got a scar and they're like, yeah, this is where, um, you stabbed him in the Tiger Lily battle or something. And he's like, no, it's my appendix. So, oh, I totally missed that. Crazy. Yeah. Um, you want to know where it'd be funny? It's like, remember the scene, maybe like, at, yeah, during the reveal scene where he's Peter Pan. I, uh, you want to know what would be funny? Is that, so like, every time, like, Peter Pan meets Wendy, she's always, like, sitting in a chair waiting. I think, or in the bed. Um, imagine if she's just in the chair, just waiting all night, but Peter Pan doesn't come either because he's sick or she just wants to, but she's like, why did you not come for me? I'm in trouble now. <laughs> I have been really funny. Like a I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there were nights that she sat there waiting and he didn't show. Cause I mean, it, you know, paints the picture that they were very, very close. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, she was ready to grow up and have a family and he stayed in Neverland cause he wasn't ready to grow up yet. And till, till the point of, you know, she was an old lady, had a grandchild that was, yep. you know, 13 and, so who knows how old Peter really was, but he was still a boy because you know he didn't age. So yeah, you want also imagine if like she was in the chair, also as an adult, where the kids was sleeping. It would it would have been like if you could actually like see the kids in bed. It would have been like the paranormal activity scenes where the where the demon mom is just staring at her wife, her uh, her husband for like three and a half hours straight. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Anywho, <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess it's important to note the fact that the whole reason he goes over there is because they're having this like big banquet slash like donation celebration for Wendy. Because I guess she was responsible for helping a bunch of orphans, and I thought the lighting in that um, particular like banquet hall room was interesting because like all the lamps are kind of like illuminating stuff. It's a little stylistic touch there that I thought was kind of neat. But, um, yeah, that, that event must have been pretty late at night if they tucked the kids into bed before even heading out, huh? I mean, probably 
Also, I mean, having they just flew from somewhere in America to London, it could have been some yeah. jet lag or For sure. time time differences. I'm imagining something in that too. But I mean, some people do put their kids to bed pretty early. Um, yeah. So who knows? Not exactly sure how Hook got to get to England, and when he got there, I'm not sure why he want to leave. But the movie has to happen, right? I mean, it does. I mean, I guess the reasonable conclusion is that somewhere he had some magic of some sort or some fairy dust or something. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, he obviously later in the movie talked about how much he hates Neverland and doesn't want to be there, but you don't age in Neverland, so you mm-hmm. live forever. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, that's what I'm like going to say is that like, Remember the guy in Jungle Cruise said, like, he's, like, 200 years old? And the guy from the Morgoria, the Wonder, Wonderful Morgoria movie is, like, us, like, two, more, um, 200 years old? Like, those movies, like, feel like, make me feel like that, uh, that they've been in Wonderland for a long time and they actually still remember. Because, it, because like you said, they don't age. So he, um... Yeah, he's extra stubborn with everything once he actually gets to Neverland. Cause, so the kids get um, taken. Hook uh, leaves his, like... Little notes. His note with uh, this cool-ass uh, knife on the door or whatever. And I guess the, the investigators think it's a big joke, I guess. Because, um, yeah, with their whole history with the Peter Pan story. But then Tink shows up. And Tink can actually talk in this, which makes a big difference compared to the cartoon. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, you don't put Julia Roberts in that spot and don't have her have lines. So. <laughs> yeah, what is this? Once Upon a Time in um, Hollywood? Oh, boy. I thought you were going to go, what is this Once Upon a Time? And I was like, that's a much different Captain Hook, uh, Peter Pan dynamic there. Um, boy. <laughs> Are the Tinkerbell movies, like, uh, take place in Neverland, like, somewhere, like, that we don't know in Neverland for some reason? Because, like... We've only seen her in, like, different films that hasn't been named by Tinkerbell in Neverland. A lot, a lot of Peter Pan mythology out there going in all kinds of directions, for sure. Um, all right. So, yeah, he ends up in the the pirate area, and so he gets confronted by Hook. And, yeah, he's just, like, doing this, like, oh, I'm a lawyer, I'm an adult thing. And, like, he's obvious in, obviously in Neverland, so... It's a little cheesy how he like what pulls out his checkbook at one point. But Mr. Snee actually knows everything. That's the funniest part. Nineties humor for you, I guess. Yeah, pulls out, pull out your weapon, pulls out the checkbook. Which, when you're high powered lawyer and got a lot of money, that is your weapon. Um, mm-hmm. Do you believe uh, <laughs> the pen is mightier than the sword? Except for you know, lost to a musket there. So. The special effects in this are really like a mixed bag. Like, like Tink being a miniature or whatever looks fantastic. Uh, Peter flying later is great. But then some, like, the, the wide shots of, like, Neverland, like, they're okay, but I wouldn't say that they're great. Um, it yeah. reminds me of the, the island of Manui, or, like, Mount, Mata, oh, Nui? Mata Nui, yeah. Oh, okay. From I mean, they are, 30 year, they are 30 years old. Like, I didn't notice anything that was... Like insanely bad, but I, I, I not bad, but I mean slightly noticeable. 
I, I I just thought the the special effects on the flying and little Tinkerbell were a little little better than the actual like, hey, this is we're in Neverland now. Well, well those no. are also probably more practical effects, I'm guessing, in some some aspects versus probably. Yeah, because I mean, all you got to do is, is you know you can film a certain way and the people look smaller and. So I'm yeah, sure there were more perspective. Pra- yeah, I'm sure there was more um, practical stuff than there was CGI. That's probably why all the Lord of the Rings stuff holds up so well when it comes to that. Indeed. One of my pretty good meme is like, remember the scene at the ship where like uh, Captain Hook's just begging Peter Pan to fly, mm-hmm. even though he forgot everything. The funniest meme would have been like a deleted scene where he's trying, where he's like, "I believe I can fly," and dives. He misses, and then like once he hits the ground, he's like, like that explosion meme that happens every meme. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I want my war, Peter. Um, yeah, he's he's very nostalgic of his old like battles with Peter Pan. So it's it's neat to even see Hook have such a dynamic character in this. That's well, a yeah, really big crocodile. I'll go go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say yeah, because I mean he has his nostalgia, but when he realizes that Peter isn't gonna fly or fight or bangerang or any of that stuff, he you know tells them to kill them all. And that's when Tinkerbell's like, hey, you have responsibility here. You know, that's not good form. You you, you wanted a war. Oh, this is going to affect your legacy, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's when we get the, you've got three days. Yep. It's like, it's like Tinky, Tink is little smarty pants, even though it's like she's a small, even though it's like she's a kindergartner for some reason. She's a little miniature person, but she's the smartest person in the room. Ah. <laughs> She's Nicely like, oh, said. I got three things for you. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 crocodile is um, that's a big one. It's I know. Good. Where was the crocodile? It's a massive croc. Or did uh, Captain Hook kill the croc? It was the it was the clock. It was the clock tower in Neverland. It was made out of uh, the the body of the crocodile. But Hook claimed to kill him or whatever. But it still haunts him because the 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 clock still drive him crazy. Yeah, oh, that's the crocodile? Wow. Yeah. Uh, man, this had some really gnarly designs, especially Captain Hook's ship. Like, the whole, like, front of it had, like, the, the skeleton, like, with the ribs um, design. And then, like, the back of it had, like, it was, like, windows shaped like a skull. Some really, really cool-looking stuff. Just like Davy Jones' the, um, ship, yeah. Like the Davy Jones ship. And the Pirates, too. Mm-hmm. And the third one. But he's, uh, he's fun, fun note. The movie, when you first told me of family movie, the first movie that came to my head was Pirates of the Caribbean. That is almost what I picked instead of Hook. Oh. Which one? The first, second, Pirates. third, fourth, fifth? Oh, the first one. Yes. I remember being in your dorm room rooting for Johnny Depp to win that Oscar and just was not meant to be. Yeah, well, you know, poor Johnny. <laughs> And I would have to see that character exclusively for the last 20 years. <gasps> um, Dustin Hoffman and Bob Hoskins. I mean, they totally like disappear into these cat, these, these pirate roles. Like you almost have to remind yourself that that's Dustin Hoffman under, you know, all that makeup and stuff. He just totally like owns that part is. His it's, wig it's game off. was on point too. 
it was awesome to see a, a, an actor of that status. I mean, Academy Award winner, you know, just totally embody this this fantasy role like that. Um, once again, Peter acting like a real chump whenever he goes and meets the Lost Boys. I think I missed a part because I, I think I, I had noted like, you know, he was having a really good time there underwater with those uh, those mermaids. Yeah, I was like, wait, are they trying to make it where he can fly or something? But like, nah, they just, uh, I guess we're just giving him oxygen. Mm-hmm. I guess not fly, but float to the top. I was like, oh, nope. The mermaid scene was probably the most weirdest scene in the thing. Yeah, there are like three of them all like breathing it in reminds, his mouth. It reminds me of the kissing scene from uh, Venom. Venom. Okay. <laughs> where, uh, where, um... Where Eddie's crush has venom because of the dog in the hospital. Okay. Because of a deleted seed. Alright. So, um, once again, the production design's pretty sweet in the, the whole Lost Boy village with those those tracks where Rufio goes rolling around. I know As you have people, some strong I mean, feelings so on that. It's so 90s. All, like, Rufio. all I got is... Yes, and Rufio. Rufio. I mean, I think that's like if you remember anything from this movie as a child... Like, you're like, oh, I forgot most of this movie. Everyone remembers Rufio. Rufio. Like, that was a that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't get this. Is that, like... So, I can remember, he accidentally, like, jumped off the uh, um, diving board. And then, for some reason, like, the next shot after he gets out of the water, he's, like, at this cliff where the ship's, like, on the other side of the island. Well, yeah, that's because that's where the uh, the mermaids took him, and they put him in that giant clam thing and hoisted it up somehow with magic, I assume. Oh, I forgot yeah. that they took him somewhere, or I probably, like, it probably didn't happen because it was deleted or something like that. Yeah, no, they just, uh, they, they put him in that clamshell and lifting him all the way up there. I mean, couldn't have him just right on top of the ship, or else the Lost Boys and the Pirates would fight all the time, more than they already do. Yeah, Dad's doing something with Tanner real quick. But yeah, no, that was um, like the like I was talking about with the, the skateboard on the track things. Like, then they even had a, like an actual half pipe. It's just it's a very like '90s thing to do, and uh, I mean it, it fit very well in the movie. That you know that'd be something that kids would build. I'll just ride around on this little track all the time. One of the things that really stands out to me about this movie is so much of it's like based within like emotion and like how the music uh, drives that like throughout. It's like a very emotionally heavy film throughout. Like it's all based on like, like your memories of the past and that's what really drives people's motivation. So it's pretty heavy in that aspect. So, um, I mean, I think to the, the scene where the little kid starts, like, feeling his face. And he's just like, is that really Peter? And he's like, oh, that really is Peter. And there's very, I mean, Spielberg definitely pulls off these, like, scenes of, like, wonder. And so, I mean, I, am I making sense any, on that point at all? Most definitely. I mean, that's, that's one of those scenes where, you know, you, you see the... Like the humanity in the children or the innocence maybe is a better a better word, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously Rufio is um hesitant and you know, you think I, I kept remembering thinking throughout the movie he's hesitant because he doesn't want to lose the sword. He doesn't want to lose mm-hmm. being the leader, and you kinda see that much later that was a lot different. Um 
it, it's more of he's being protective because these are lost boys. These are he's this is an adult, and they kill adults because adults kill them. You know, kind of like adults are bad in, in Neverland. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of um, interesting more to think of. You know, you just think of Rufio as kind of like this badass that uh, you know he he took the sword and took over, and it doesn't really seem to have been the case. Or maybe it was, but... We get all those scenes of them trying to train Peter, and, you know, he's doing his best, but he's just really not cutting the mustard. And it finally comes together during the imaginary food scene, which is really, really good, of um, you know him just not totally not getting the fact that there's there's no food, but they're eating food. And then um, it's not until, like, the smack, ta- the smack talk scene where, you know, he's doing pretty bad at first, and then... All of a sudden, he like really snaps in and starts really laying down um, a wordplay on uh, Rufio, and it clicks. And all of a sudden, he's back. It's back, Jack. No, yeah, well, he's kind of back. Like he he's back, and then he kind of is like, "Wait a minute, what am I doing?" He definitely has the mindset of Peter at that point, where you know he pulls off cutting with that coconut in half, and yeah, he's uh, he's definitely there to play and. Um, and meantime, they're cut, they're cutting back to Hook, like, so he almost, like, wants to kill himself. It's pretty intense, actually. And then he's just like, Smee's like, you know, what wouldn't it, what would the world be without Captain Hook? And, um, so then he starts thinking about his legacy and, like, how he can manipulate Peter's son to be like him. And so that's kind of an interesting side dynamic going on meantime. I mean, yeah, because you're playing off of, you know, his son being mad at him for not coming to the game and... You know, he thinks he didn't try try to save him, even though, you know, he climbed up there with his fear of heights and his reaching and all of mm-hmm. that. So, you know, it's pretty easy. You know, the setting is ripe for the picking, you know, for him to manipulate him. Pretty sweet pirate baseball game setup they had. One of the would have been pretty funny is that... Um, is that like, you know, like how the little kid was like the youngest there? Um, like, imagine if, like, um, if there was a baby and, like, there was another baby and another baby, but since they can't, like, age, like, since they can't age, there's gonna be like a, yeah, there's gonna be like a pack of babies, there's gonna be like, change! That's that's quite an imaginative thought there, no? (laughs) Oy vey. Um, so, uh, well, yeah, once the, God, he really nails that ball. Is that like the, the super home run? There must yeah, have been a little pirate magic going on there, huh? Yeah, it must have been something, something. Although I think the funniest part is he's trying to steal. <laughs> run home, like, oh, run home. No, we're playing by Master Jack's rules. <laughs> like, All right. like yeah, Master Jack things. Sparrow. <laughs> oh, not, not quite, but yeah. No, you messed it up. Home run, home run. <laughs> run home, run home. No. Um, Anything else about the the pirate camp? A lot of pirates. There's a lot of pirates. Um, Surprising like, there's not more pirate ladies. I mean, I think the pirate ladies were all doing their own thing. Um, they looked more... I guess they weren't pirate ladies. They were very friendly with the pirates. Um... <laughs> They were probably like they probably got like uh got exited from the crew and probably just turned into a mermaid for some reason. I don't know why. It's a good theory. 
Those mermaids were The mermaid could have dyed, nice. the hair, dyed their hair in a way. <laughs> they were very friendly. They were very bored. <laughs> they were not the the uh, the merds, like the, the sirens from like Odysseus or whatever. The, they were little mermaid. Um, yeah, so Peter actually, he goes back to the Lost Boys camp. He sees his reflection in the water. It reminds him of what he used to look like. We get the whole flashback telling like, the backstory of you know, how he got to Neverland and his whole like thing with Wendy and they see the carvings and stuff. So yeah, kind of really brings you back up to speed with you know who, who this guy is exactly in terms of Neverland. That's the best part. Did you catch the Criterion movie reference? Joey. I did catch a movie reference. If it's a Criterion, I did not know, but I definitely caught the Good Morning Vietnam reference. Oh, really? What was that? Good Morning Neverland. Oh, I did not catch that at all. Um, Maybe it's completely coincidental, but it seems like with Robin Williams being in the movie, that's too much of a coincidence. Yeah, that definitely ties together, although I did not catch that. Um, I was actually referring to the, the Hard Day's Night poster in the Beatles pillow in the nursery. Oh, I think I saw a poster, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah, Beatles. So that's a Criterion movie. Figured I'd throw that in. Um, um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to comment about the Beatles, and we'll just move on. You don't, you're not a Beatles fan? No, I am not. Every... Every cover I have heard is better than the original. Mm, Now, I'm going to also say that while I do not like them, I definitely can respect them and understand what they did for music, and Mm -hmm. that music was forever changed by the Beatles. But they're just not my cup of tea. All right. So, um, So, yeah, with the whole backstory, it leads up to the fact that, you know, he had a father... He became a father um, with Wendy's, you said granddaughter? Yeah, n- yeah, no, no. Um, or daughter. Yeah, gr- uh, yeah, Wendy's. It's, it's your daughter or granddaughter. It's probably a, it's probably granddaughter because she was super old to where it could have been her daughter because. Uh, so, because she says I Peter's have kids. Peter's kids are Wendy's great-great-grandchildren? They would be his, her Great grandchildren because Wendy's. Okay. Wendy's, uh, so that's Wendy's daughter, and then he, P- Peter marries her, and no, their Peter kids marries are... her granddaughter. She's super old, and she's just like a so, little, like so, a little. So their kids would be her great grandkids. Great, great, great grand, grand. No, one great because you have grand, and then great, and then great, and every generation is great. So it's grand, great, great grand. He's very committed to this, so I'll go along with it, although I disagree. <laughs> oh, hold on. So what, what, what do you think you go from, you have children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Do you, you, right. just, you just go to great-great, you're skipping one generation to just go from grandchildren to great-great-grandchildren? <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, so whenever Peter falls in love with a girl, that's like the daughter. No, that's her granddaughter. Okay, that's her granddaughter. So Peter marries her granddaughter, and so, so that her grand, and so that means their children are going to be great grands. Yes, not great 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 grandkids. Yes, you were using two greats a minute ago. 
Okay, I, I, I see my mistake. You were right. It was good that like you held your ground. Ouch. Someone's calling me a loser wrong. <laughs> All right. Um. <laughs> All right, so this, this was actually your favorite part of the movie where he discovers his happy thought of being a father and he... Uh, flies off right that was your favorite part of the movie Noah? oh yeah the baseball part to the flying part yeah the baseball part well yeah it start it's like it's super short that's one. Oh, oh, the baseball part into the flying part to the flying part that's like a plus 10 minutes or 20 i'm not sure 10 20 15 what would be your happy thought to make you fly nolan uh to be a YouTuber of Fortnite oh. and get money so I can make more content and get more um, skins and try to get famous. Living the dream, I guess. The American maybe, dream. Maybe Joey well, can be your mentor on Like, the more money I you can, get, I, you can... I, I don't play Battle Royales, so... Um, and clearly, I'm not the mentor on getting money from making content on the internet um, because how much <laughs> money have we made from this, Justin? Doesn't we've matter. lost money <laughs> yeah we spend money every month to do this true but we do it for the fun yes we have a lot of fun all right so yeah like i mentioned earlier the special effects on the flying were fantastic uh the score really gives you that sense of wonder i used to think that the scene where like he goes up to tank and like She's wearing like a different dress and she begins like she gets giant all of a sudden was kind of like odd and out of place. But really like Peter is thinking like he kind of forgot about like his real life there. He doesn't he forgot about like his children being held hostage. So like Tink being being all serious of it with him kind of snaps him back into place and they actually get to have that, that bit of a romance, which is something, you know, she's always been into, which um, has been always impossible because... She's always been mute in the other in in the original cartoon. Yeah, I mean, it turns out Peter Peter Pan's kind of a little bit of a player because uh, <laughs> I do believe that in the near the more near the beginning of the movie, Wendy says something about how no other uh, other boy held her eye for so long, and then you know he's got Wendy's grandkid, and he's got Tink, and he got the three mermaids, like. <laughs> Peter Pan kind of a player all I'm going to say excellent final battle um, man I am a sucker for like like swinging from like one pirate ship to another or a dock to a pirate ship or however, however they did it. it's a very uh, pretty sweet uh, swashbuckling battle very uh, a lot of a lot of great stuff to see Lost Boys have those pretty cool gadgets where they're splaying the goo everywhere the little uh, uh, light where they the had the paddle boy. boat, and then they oh, right. jumped off and seesawed the other ones, uh, mm-hmm. like seesaw catapulted the other ones on. I thought that was really cool. And then the little boy turns into a ball and like basically turns into a cannonball and bowling everybody over. Pretty, uh, pretty wicked. Um, That's something guys could probably do. He's very flexible for um, a larger individual. It reminds me of Sonic. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. But Sonic's much skinnier than I don't, chunky so, guy. So I had said that I only saw clips of this. Whenever I saw a clip of Rufio dying when I was a kid, I remember being kind of crushed by it. 
So looky, looky, look who's got hooky, and hook, uh, hook gets him. And it kind of flies by and almost doesn't give you enough time to like really get emotional about it. At least that's how I felt this time. Do you still get emotional about Rofio? I mean, it's, it's that thing like this, the, you know, obviously they're talking about, oh, we kill pirates and they're talking about people dying and getting old and this and that. But then, you know, the Lost Boys aren't supposed to die. They're supposed to be young forever. And then, you know, he's maybe a teenager, maybe 15 or 16. You know, obviously he's been around for a long time and he's fighting a full fledged adult, a pirate, mm-hmm. you know. Like, there's uh, some definite, like, mismatching going on there. And, yeah, no, that's a pretty heart-wrenching scene, like, mm. especially when you're a kid and you don't know what's coming. That's probably the reason why he's the master, because he's the oldest. Yep, he's the pan. He's probably been, like, the the longest at Neverland, other than, like, Captain Hook and the crew and Peter Pan. I'd be curious if the whole crowing thing is in, uh, like, the book, because that's not in the animated movie, I don't think. Hmm. You know, like the battle cry, yeah, the crowing and the and the bangerang, bangerang. Great fencing match between Peter and um, Hook, and um, it's very funny that they fought fencing style with neither one of them really using like a rapier. Both of them yeah. using, you know, one's more of a long sword, and Peter has more of like the short broadsword. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know why. I don't know why Tinkerbell would we'll just place Peter in the death zone. Cause remember, Peter got knocked out, and the Tinkerbell knocked Peter out. Um, and then uh, she took Peter to Netherland because he couldn't fly because he forgot. Of course, I don't know why she like put Peter to like uh to like the ship because. Remember in the cartoon, they could just land on the clouds, like uh, Wendy, Peter, John did. Um, one thing that popped to mind was, whenever he first arrives at the ship, doesn't he like cut out his outline within like the sail or whatever, and and then like Hook gives him a smile to know that he was he's back for real. He had forgot about like his war or whatever, and so they kind of like ambush him with that. Um, there's the cool part where. Like, Hook's basically defeated, and he's just like, you know, you know, spare me, Peter. I mean, what would the world be without Captain Captain Hook? And but you know, you know, he's the ultimate bad guy or whatever. So he tries to to double cross him, and then he gets eaten up by the crocodile. What's with the wig? Apparently, sm- I guess when you get so old, you gotta replace replace that. That's some pretty flowing locks he had there. So um, I mean that it is a. Uh... Men from that time period, um, or the, the the Middle Ages into like the seventeen eighteen hundreds, wore powdered wigs a lot. I mean, they also wore yeah. um, heels to make themselves taller. So, if you look in the sword fight, there's definitely a scene where you can see both Peter Pan and Hook wearing heels. Um, hmm. So, but, yeah, no blood, just gets sucked up by that enormous crocodile. For some reason, I, I feel like uh, Captain Hook without the wig looks like Alfred. From Batman? Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> Alfred's almost bald, too. He's just like a little bit of hair like Captain Hook did, but without the it's like the makeup on his head or the his face. I thought that was a great touch with um the little, the rolly little boy, uh, uh, the plump one, um, becoming the new leader. That was a... Kind of, you wouldn't expect, you know, he'd be Peter's choice, but uh, 
he is, and you know, it's really great to see him. Like the camera was on him a lot. Yeah, he's he's one of the definitely one of the main Lost Boys for sure. And then we see a little bit of that that we get a little wink to the camera when Mr. Smee becomes the groundskeeper whenever Peter wakes back up in London. And he goes up to the nursery, fakes them out that he's super serious businessman, but you know, really he's he's Peter Pan again. He's gonna take that love of childhood into his fatherhood moving forward and Toodles gets his marbles back and flies off into the sunset and it's the end of the movie. We did it. Yes, that is that is is a great movie. By the time um, we're gonna be done, it's we're probably gonna be like, oh yeah, we could have just watched um P- the Hook movie all over again. <laughs> so I was talking about it. As long as the sea's like an hour short than the uh, Hook. All right. So how would you rate this one, Joey? <clears throat> What's the rating score? What's five, five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Triple five stars. <laughs> I think I would stay at a four and a half. I enjoyed the pacing a lot better this time. Fantastic set design. But it's like I mentioned earlier, it's just really kind of this emotional investment that this movie has. So it's not like the most like carefree movie to watch even though it's really good um so yeah i'd stick at a four and a half it's not like my favorite um swashbuckling peter pan movie but it definitely has a it's definitely a solid one nolan so uh of course i rate a five obviously um, so, like, as y'all said, as Dad said, uh, my favorite part was the hour, the hour 30 mark with Peter Pan knowing his true self, and I like the flying scene a lot, because everybody's like, oh my god, it's real! <laughs> and, like, yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. I think it's, like, tied, I think... I want to say that Peter Pan's better for the crocodile scenes, but like the crocodile didn't really make a big part; just made uh, Captain Hook invisible. That's all it did. Well, it swallowed him whole, I think, with no blood, so it, they didn't have to play with so the PG say- rating. So, you're, so you're saying that the crocodile had a tongue still? I don't know. It's 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 magical. Yes, that was definitely magic of the foot. That's a that's a cut scene. That, that's a cut. That's all. There's no way. That's obviously like a deleted scene there, right? <laughs> Where he gets devoured by the crocodile. They're gonna be like, put it there, cut, take him out. Where'd he go? <laughs> all right, so got another movie to talk about. So right after the break, we're putting our coats on and swimming away with some seals. After this.
Oh, yeah, we used the, uh, you used the Target ones, I think. <laughs> and we're back. And during our break, Julie found out some pretty fascinating stuff about Hook. So we should add that before we move on, right? Yeah, so I was trying to actually find out, like, why it was named Hook specifically and not, like, Peter and Wendy or Peter or Pan or, you know, something like that. So I came across some interesting stuff. Um, so there's a scene near the beginning um, where there's a pirate who gets put in the boo box for lying to Captain Hook. That pirate is actually played by Glenn Close in makeup and, um, you know, a stitch-on beard, and, or not stitch-on, but, like, stick-on beard. Um... I saw an interview, actually, or something where I had learned that previously. I don't remember exactly why it was done that way. I think she was working on something else and was just kind of there. Um, there's also a scene from uh, near the end where this couple gets uh, stardust or fairy dust sprinkled on them. And they're you know kissing and floating up into the sky. It is actually George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. Um, so I thought that was also pretty interesting. And just now saw this. So Steven Spielberg, the director, along with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman, mm -hmm. did this movie for free. Kind mm -hmm. of. They didn't take salaries. Their mm -hmm. deer called for them to split 40% of the gross. Okay. Um, they were to receive $20 million from the first $50 million in gross theatrical film rentals and TriStar keeping the next $70 million in rentals before the three resumed receiving their percentage. So it did pretty well um and there was something else that i saw and i've now forgotten it um it came out on december 11th 1991 home alone came out around that time right i thought home alone was 1990 but yeah that would make sense um oh gwyneth paltrow was the young uh teenage wendy oh yeah you're right 1990 the year the year before yeah, yeah. Nothing making move money across from from uh, Home Alone. That was like the powerhouse. Oh yeah. Have you seen that Netflix series, the the movies that made us? I have not. Oh, it's spectacular. A lot of good behind the scenes stuff on some of the best movies of all time. All right, let's get into this one. This is a Song of the Sea. Um, this is a 2014 animated fantasy film directed and co-produced by Tom Moore. It is the second feature film by Cartoon Saloon. The film is the second installment in the Moore's Irish Folklore Trilogy, following its previous film, uh, The Secret of Kells, and it's preceded by Wolfwalkers, which came out last year. Uh, in the synopsis of this, which I didn't love the synopsis, and then I went to Letterboxd, and that synopsis was just kind of wrong. So I went with the original one from the IMDb's. Uh, ben, a young Irish boy, and his little sister, Sayer... Saoirse. Saoirse. Ronan. Okay. I think, yeah. Ronan, um, is that the right last name? Yeah, well. A girl who can turn into a seal, go on an adventure to free the fairies, and save the spirit world. That's mostly correct. Um, let me actually, I guess since I teased that, let me read the letterboxed one, which is not correct at all. And it, Yeah, it is Saoirse Ronan, and I'm probably still incorrectly pronouncing that, but... Close yeah. enough. I think I've heard that one said like that quite a bit. Song of the Sea. 
Yeah, I um, so this was on my family movie watch list because it was a very acclaimed family movie. And I'm kind of happy I finally saw it because I've been wanting to see these um, cartoon saloon movies. Um, so yeah, the letterbox one says, The story of the lost sealed child's journey home. Okay. After their mother's disappearance, Ben and Sersha are sent to live with their granny in the city, which that's not what happens at all. Because, like, they're fine living with their dad at the lighthouse until, like, the granny gets, you know, all ornery with him. So, wanted to point that out. Anywho. Alright, let's dive into our notes for this one. So, um, love, love, love the animation. It reminded me a lot of playing um, Legend of Zelda uh, Wind Waker. Remember that yeah, game? It ha- yes, I do remember Wind Waker. Um... I'm not a fan of that game, or at least I wasn't then. I actually really only like one Zelda game, um, which is a link to the past. But oh wow, yes, um, hot take. The, the, anim- the animation style was fantastic. Um, I thought it fit very well with the movie itself. Loved um, the whole seaside vibe of it. The setting being Ireland, the the accents, the traditions. Um, yeah, I really like the the overall feel of this one. No one early thoughts on Song of the Sea since you finished it up this afternoon, since you passed on out while watching it the first time? Um, I didn't really like this one as much for like several reasons. When, when like it was it's just a cartoon. Like I know like it's anime. It's like it's like not, it's like not animated as like Peter Pan. It's like actually like it's like cart. It's like I can't really describe like how the graphics are in this one. Like it's not like human graphics. It's like you're looking something in a comic book kind of. Yeah, very looks, I'll go ahead. I was gonna say. So what we're getting at is it doesn't look animated like like computer animated. It looks hand drawn. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be very curious what it, how well, that, because I'm sure it's probably a combination of digitally and hand drawn, but yeah, I'm very curious how they did it, pulled it off, because I think it looks amazing. Yeah, no, it has a very good animation style, and with a lot of the digital stuff now, I mean, you can make pretty much anything with, with digital and make it look like that. Um, mm-hmm. But it'd be really interesting, especially, you know, you look at, he released one in 09, one in 2014, one in 2020, if they all have the same art style, if they really did draw all of that stuff out because that takes a really long time especially if you're a smaller studio i don't know much about cartoon saloon but if they're a smaller studio and don't have tons of people working on it that could take a long time to do and there's a lot of good detail like i remember just pausing in one scene and it was in the um the granny's house and like she had like the virgin mary on the wall and you know all this religious stuff and all these fancy lamps and stuff and i mean that's only like a second of screen time for all that effort they put into that and like it wasn't bad until i flicked back through the movie like the book that they're reading it says like mum's stories or whatever on it mm-hmm. so um yeah a lot of really cool details here man these kids are just sweet 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 kids and you instantly uh-huh. fall in love with them Oh boy, that uh the boy is not very sweet he's kind of well, um... on the opening scene Whenever he's okay, learning well, the song, that's where we're yes, at. Yes, he's he's very sweet, but no. He, well, there's only one kid there at that yeah. point. You said kids. 
True. And once the little sister is there, he's a jerk. <laughs> yes, with a capital J. You're not lying. Um, I'm not sure if he had the missing tooth in the first scene or not, but um, my my youngest Gannon, he uh, he busted out a tooth whenever he was pretty young. So he. I think this is what he has right here. Okay. No like, one's showing off. No one's like, showing exactly where the gap in the teeth would be. In the in the center. <laughs> I have it too. Because I think I got my my two teeth out late. To, but they they moved in. But one of my one of my back teeth and the bottom didn't move in because I got it late. All right. Um. So yeah, the shell kind of reminded me of the the ocarina from uh, Zelda sixty four. Well, there was two Zelda 64 games, but yes, I follow. Well, not the the mask one. Uh, yeah, well, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time. time. <laughs> yeah, and not Majora's Mask. But I just had to clarify, there's two of them, not just one of them. So you can't be like Zelda 64. <laughs> oh, man. And, um, yep, so the mom's like, oh, you'll be the best big brother ever. Yeah, right, because, like, what? They, they show them on the beach, and he's, like, dueling in his notebook or whatever, and he thinks Source is, like, the most annoying little sister of all time. Which reminded me a lot of Nolan and Tanner, because they love to fight and think they're each other annoying. And there's the scenes where... Um, of course he started it. The little boy's like, Dad, 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 he's bothering me, he's bothering me. And Dad's just like ignoring him. And that's exactly what I do nowadays. <laughs> so do you think, so, you know, they're, they're having their, you know, they're fighting like siblings and what have you. But I, I kind of thought that, you know, he was very resentful towards his sister because yeah. his sister killed his mom, essentially. Yeah, replaced then, his mom, essentially. Yeah, and then you have the dad on the opposite end of the spectrum. He's like holding on, wanting to super protect her because that's that's all he has left mm-hmm. um, of his of his wife. And you know, so the boy is um, he holds on to that shell ocarina for like dear life. Like this is mine; you can't touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just thought that was a uh, that was pretty a pretty heavy thing to be putting into you know a kids movie. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of off the off the gun. Yep, well, like a lot like a Disney movie with uh, their whole formula of axing off a parent early on to get the emotions high. Um, super, super, super cute little girl there, as she's really drawn to the sea and the uh, the seals, and we see a lot more of that as the movie goes along. Gosh, I love the animation like the detail like with the, the trees swaying in like the the ocean breeze or whatever as you look at the wide shot of the lighthouse really really nice looking stuff um let's see oh also the uh, birthday cake scene also uh, yes that was that was both times that happened it was very cute also the spirit thing reminded me of raya when like if they got hit by the, the little like I don't know, like virus thing that's everywhere. Uh, they like it. Tur- they turn into stone. Oh, later on with the owls. Well, well, like in like the first thirty minutes when the guys turn into stone because of the owls, yeah. Uh, you're talking about the island, the the giant island guy. Like the guys that like that got turned into stone, like the center of that thing. 
Where, like, t- tons of other people got stoned? Yeah, the, the, the spirits and the fairies, like, all the mythical stuff can apparently get, like, turned to stone by these owls. Um, I wanted to dive into this uh, this birthday cake scene. So, um, when Tanner turned, I want to say five, we had a Chuck E. Cheese birthday. And um, Nolan decided, right as we were wrapping up the, ch- uh, the, the birthday song, that he was going to blow out his brother's candle for him. Which, obviously, I turned into Robin Williams in the plane from the, the last movie at that moment. Kind of freaking out. So, uh, Nolan, what was going through your mind when you blew out your brother's candle on his fifth birthday? The best thing ever. I loved it. It was the best moment of that entire party. Other than Brotherly the, love, I tell you. Other than giving you a thousand tickets. I hate the reason why. Uh, I hate the reason why. And Velocity, when he had his last birthday, I had to like share half my tickets because you got two tickets. Why I had like two thousand tickets plus two thousand. Okay, so I got a lava lamp. Also, it's right here. I can show you right now. Anywho, no, no, <laughs> we don't need to see the lava lamp, Nolan. Anyways, but uh, yeah, the little boy sees the opportunity to smash his sister's face in the cake, and so he goes for it. Did you say you said that was cute? Yeah, I, mean, I think it was more cute the the second time when she did it to him. Uh, he definitely did it to be mean and a mm-hmm. jerk. But when you go back into it, like when you it go towards the, the end time? of the movie, yes, where she does it to him at the end of the movie. Oh, for some reason I don't remember that. Hmm. Um, but but yeah, so there, you know, because obviously. They're in a much better relationship at that point, blah, blah, blah. And oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but then the first time, like, it was funny, but it was definitely like, this dude is being a jerk. And then, like, he tries to scare her with his mom's story, and it tells the whole story about the giant becoming, um, you know, turning into an island because of the owls or whatever. It's basically the entire movie getting spoiled from the story, even though half, like, half of the audience don't even know what the movie is. So, like, Pretty much, yeah. The the whole this whole folk tale is like basically what we're about to see unfold. Um, I was surprised by the gradual feel of the movie. Like, did this movie feel long or short to you? It actually, I know it was short, but it felt longer than Hook, despite being an hour shorter. And that's not that it was bad or anything. There's just some parts when I got we got further into it that just to me were slow like for yes. whatever reason <laughs> like I agree that it, it felt like really long but I, I never thought it was slow I thought it was always engaging but for some reason it felt like it like I checked the timeline and I was like surely we're like at like an hour 10 but it was like 45 minutes so yeah that moved so, so song of the sea. Of the sea is it feels longer than it is. Yes, it is very long. 3D glasses. Mm, what about 3D glasses? Remember the little boy would put them on whenever like he was about to go into like danger? Oh, those weren't regular glasses. They looked like three. I mean, there was like half red, half blue. I thought they were I mean, 3D I, glasses. I mean, I guess so. I kind of thought they were I, I don't know. I just. I guess I never put that together. I'm dumb. What do you want? <laughs> Nothing. You're good. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Apparently, I was with great, 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 great aunts. 
never like went to the theater back in like like two when you were two and you're like oh, want to wow. see Jaws three and three D dub. They kind of remind me of Bob Pops, kind of. D- 3D, 3D glasses and, like, contacts don't mm-hmm. mix very well. Um, ah. So, yeah. Because I'd have to wear contacts and, like, you just there's just that extra stuff going. So, like, 3D movies hurt my head. I don't typically watch them. Um, so. So once the little girl gets a hold of the shell horn thing and... She starts playing the song of the sea. Things kind of click forward as she discovers her little coat. She turns into a seal and she gets washed up on shore. Um, The grandmother, uh, oh, I guess the grandmother showed up before that. But yeah, she's real pushy, especially for being like the dad's mom. And so she's like, oh, you know, the little girl, she's not dressed girly enough or whatever. So redresses her and then whenever she finds her washed up on the shore she insists she needs to come live with them even though she's not much of a good caretaker herself um yeah she's one of my least favorite characters she reminded me a lot of the owl lady i'm not sure if there was supposed to be a parallel between the witch owl and the the granny but i i think there was supposed to be because i don't remember what it is but i think that like like she's the owl said almost verbatim or exactly verbatim something that the granny had said earlier okay. but i don't remember what it is at the moment i just feel like i was like that I was like oh god it's the grandma makes a lot of sense i love like the character design especially like, the fairy man i mean he was kind of a quirky funny dude and his little white beard or whatever so um i enjoyed him quite a bit uh nobody goes to bed at four <laughs> yeah right but i mean i guess maybe old people after the early bird special on a school night Sure you did. <laughs> I mean, 6 a.m. That means you would have slept for a whole hour before I woke you up. Yeah, actually, I, I had your phone. I had your phone the entire night watching a series of Schoolers on Minecraft. Not wise. Oh boy. One of, the, one of the videos was three information. hours long. <laughs> Jeez Louise, what kids get away with these days? Um, I was trying to stay up the entire night. Fun fact. <laughs> so they sneak out um and i basically i guess they, they fought kind of fire follow along with these like magical firefly kind of things and they find the little dudes under the city there and they're singing songs and stuff and yeah the owl show up and turn them into stone mm, fun times so then they fi- follow the, the magic fireflies some more. They take the bus out and they get off in some random area. And hey, there's Chew. And I think Joey has some things to say about Chew. At the oh, end. He's the, the best end. character in the, in, the whole, in the whole movie. Like, how do you not like that dog? That dog is the best. I thought. I watch a movie with just him. I thought at the end, like when that giant like guy with the like that giant spirit guy mm-hmm. got like got like introduced to the movie. I thought like once he got to a spirit, I thought there was gonna be like an Atlantis thing for some reason. He did look a little bit Atlantean. I agree. Um, I had to do a double take whenever Sursa gets taken by the owls because it kind of happens off screen, and you're like, wait, did I miss something? Because like. She goes and dives in the well, and like her brother goes after her, and then he gets down there, and he's on a boat, and then all of a sudden she's with the owls. So 
I think they kind of skipped over that that abduction. Yeah, it, it's um, because they're kind of like fighting or whatever in that um, in the 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 place, and like they get away for a little bit or something, and then they end up with her. I don't. The 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 order of stuff is is, is getting out of. I'm losing the order a little bit, but it's a little hairy. As we head into the the long hair guy, who's, I guess he grows like beard hairs for each like story that occurs. I guess yeah, sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> you forgot he who he even is. And anyways, he um, the little boy finds the one hair that matches with his story, and so he gets the whole backstory about you know how his mother had the baby by going out to sea, and then. His little sister floated back in, so yeah. There's a lot of Irish folklore here that I'm sure, if like you know, if we get, were more familiar with some of these um, ideas in the story, would make more sense, especially with like this happening on like Halloween. But yes. um, I mean, what we what we are presented is pretty enjoyable. All right. I, I I liked the um the Irish folklore stuff, seeing as you know. I'm I'm Irish and you know okay. just more recently starting to get in to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, I really like that a, a lot actually. Finds out the mom disappeared. Okay, yeah, I already mentioned that. Finds his way to the owl's the witch owl's place after you know he leaves the place with the dude with the beard. Um, gosh, I love the visual of whenever they go up in the attic and like the owl is like blinking its eye in the floor and you have like webs on either side and all these bottles everywhere. But that was really awesome visuals going on there. Pretty creepy. And Sursa, she starts playing the, the shell and it starts breaking all the glasses and I guess those were spirits and she starts letting them all free. Yes, that's. Yeah, those um, are the spirits. Yeah, you could see them um, after they turn the spirit, the fairies to stone. Yes. Um, and then it's almost like the owl lady is like humbled by this whole thing, and so she's like, "Hey, I'm gonna help you get back and." Fix Sorsa because she's like running out of her life force or whatever. So she basically turns Chu into the the dragon from Never Ending Story, as she sends sends him with like some spirit things to go fly through the air back to their island. Right? They look like white horses for some reason. I don't know why. Something like that. Have you seen yeah. Never Ending Story? I have not. Oh no! So you don't understand the reference. Bummer. Yeah, there's this big white dragon thing that looks kind of like Chew. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Hell, I just saw Labyrinth for the first time, like, this month. You weren't a fan, huh? No, I was not. It didn't do anything for me. Like, you mean the Pan's Labyrinth? Or... No, not Pan's Labyrinth, because that movie is fantastic. Okay, okay, no. okay. No, I just making sure, because, like... You almost picked that over Hook, you know. I did. I did almost, because I knew how much you liked, uh... Like horror and stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, 
Then after all this stuff goes down, the grandma finally wakes up and realizes the kids are gone after they've gone on this, like, at least, what, five-hour adventure? That's a three-hour tour. Um. All right, so she gets back. They get back to the aisle, and they're like, hey, Dad, we're back. Like, what the... He's like, what the heck? And he's like, okay, now we're going to take a rowboat and a storm back to the beach. Yeah, that's safe. Good thinking, yeah, Dad. Yeah, that was the safest thing in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then the little kid dives in the water. He knows he has to go get that coat for his little sis, and the seals help him get down there. Um, they get her the coat. She turns all Superman, and she floats up and is all super and... Helping the fairies and the spirits get all their mojo back, I guess. For some reason, I feel like would have been a good touch was adding the seals to turn them into narwhals for some reason. Narwhals. That could have been a good touch. I'm totally blanking like the, on what a narwhal is. Like it's the things with, with the, the horn. seal with the horn, yeah. Like oh, from the... Like the skinny... Like a skinny... Like a skinny from the Rankin Bass. <laughs> no! From like any like kind of... It's like a dolphin with like. Um, but they're mostly, I think, from the Rankin Bass like Christmas specials, right? I don't know what that is, so I don't know. Well, they they homage that in that Elf movie. It's like, hey, Mister Norwal. Yeah. True story. Yeah, true. <laughs> true been, that could have been, been a nice touch. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. So, including the giant due to turn into an island so he's set free he's happy um the story's a bit like aquaman don't you think with like the sea goddess lady you know hooking up with the dude from the mainland and they have kids and too bad the little boy didn't have any ocean powers just his little sis um yeah so after that, the little girl wants to stay with the human world, and it pretty much wraps up. Um, yeah, the more, when I flipped through it, it, it reminded me of a lot of other things, like Aquaman and Superman to kind of do it an extent, and I'm sure there's some other things in there. But, um, I mean, overall, great animation, great music, great folklore, real solid, cute flick, um, solid four stars in my book. I gave it a three and a half just because, like I said, it started feeling slow in some spots. But overall, it's really good. I could probably easily see it moving up if I ever decided to rewatch it. So, how would you rate it, uh, Nolan? It's either a three or two and a half. Okay. Um, I fell asleep. Um, but to be fair, you fell asleep in most movies. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, but I would have rated it a two it if I did it. I'm gonna rate it a three because I would have rated it a two and a half if I saw like the city parts, even though it looked like it was boring to me. The city parts do drag a bit. They don't feel they really feel like they need to be there. There, there was no video game references in there for him. No, no Ryan Reynolds. 
But yeah, that that's like the main key. I need Ryan Reynolds. Plus they put Ryan Reynolds Easter. They put uh they put the they put like some of the free guys stuff in Fortnite. Like they put ATM machines in like free uh and then like Ryan Reynolds would like tell you a quest to do for gold. Sure and then if you do five of those on the map you would get the uh don't have a great day, have a don't have a good day, have a great day email. Yeah, we sh whenever a free guy comes out on Steelbook we should uh hook back up and do a little uh, recap of that Review. one, Hunter. Review. Review. All right, that was fun. Anyways, let's see where we're going next. So I'm going to pick a Western movie. It looks like it has a very long title. I think it's mostly I just... think I know what it is. Oh, oh, I... I think I know what it is. You know what it is, Nolan? No, you have no idea what it is. What? Oh, I was going to say Indiana Jones. That's not a Western what? That's like action adventure. All right, so I was searching kind of high and low for in the ideal western. That's, that's not a western movie, even though it's very good. <laughs> well, you can't say Raiders in the Lost Ark isn't like in a desert or west. That's like, not the western United States with cowboys and stuff like. Well, you could say that like it's the Trevor setting, right? <laughs> um, we we're thinking you're, we're thinking more along the lines of like cowboys and Indians, or set in like the 1800s, or even if even okay, if he went with something like along the lines of like No Country for Old Men. Rango's like a certain... western. Well, it's not gonna be Rango. <laughs> well, you don't know what it is because I picked it. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're not gonna. Yeah, I hardly knew what it was. Answer. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you just tell me the answer? All right, so I picked. I picked Silverado from 1985, directed by Lawrence Kasdan, who um, also he wrote what uh, Empire Strikes Back. Um, this was on the Criterion Laserdisc series. I did a little reading on what this movie's about, and it sounds quite action-packed. Um, there's a lot of choices. Like, I, did you have any uh, guesses of what I might have picked? My initial thought was that you were going to pick OG 310 to Yuma. Okay, that's a solid because one. It's, because it's in the Criterion Collection. And I was like, if it's not that, it's a Western in the Criterion Collection. And you proved me right. Well, the Laserdisc one, at least. I thought about picking My Darling Clementine, which is apparently like the original Tombstone. Um, but Silverado seemed a little bit more action-packed. So I of decided Kevin to go with Costner's that one. Kevin in this movie. Why wouldn't Kevin Costner be in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to your wheel of destiny to see what's what's pairing up with Silverado. Hey guys, we could have watched Hook. <laughs> we did watch Hook. Did you uh? Did you look at the cast list for this movie that you picked? I didn't. Dad, if you look like the time on the uh, FaceTime, it's 2 hours, 21 minutes, and that's as long as Hook. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Nice observation. Um, so, as I was alluding to, if you looked at that cast, um, Kevin Klein, Scott Glenn, Danny Glover, Kevin Costner, Brian Dennehy, Rosanna Arquette, John Cleese, Linda Hunt, Jeff Goldblum. It's a good cast. Like, it's, it's pretty stacked. And then as far as my random number generator, it has brought me to number 29. Okay. And number 29 is um, from 2010 by a director who I've seen two movies and really liked a lot. Uh, that's going to be David O. Russell's The Fighter. 
Oh, okay. That's um. The fighter has Batman in it. Um, it, it does have one of the Batmans in it. That is correct. <laughs> it's Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale, Amy Adams, which of course Amy Adams is in a David O. Russell movie. Uh, Melissa Leo. So yeah, no, this ought to be uh, pretty good. I think I might have saw that, but hardly remember it. So um, cool. A western and a fight movie. Sweet. Yeah, a boxing movie. Those pure pair well together all right i don't think you're gonna like my uh, category coming up because oh, it's boy. getting it's getting a spooky movie season yes. and so um i thought i would make things a little icky for you so if you go on my lists and if you visit my cringe movie bucket list i would like you to pick something from that that list, gonna... that list of pain. Please, please pick Friday Nights at Freddy. I mean, please pick um, um, Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street. Please. I'm sorry, none of neither of those movies are on this list. No one. Ah, don't pinch me. No, these movies are definitely movies you will not be watching. I don't even need to look at them to know. Oh boy, let's Let me, see. Let's read. More. Let's let me track this list down, and we'll read through Joey's options. Dad has like thirty lists. For, for I have like ninety-seven lists. lists. Yes, you have more lists than I do. Which I have, is kind of crazy. Oh, I have like twenty. It's accumulation effect. Dad has nine pages of lists. <laughs> well, I mean, where? All right, I'm on. It's been a long time since I've updated this list. Hopefully you'll pick one I haven't seen before, but no, it's open season for whatever you, you want Retur- to pick. think Return of the Jedi was uh, second place? Let me tell Tell me if you find it before I do. I am on going on to page five. Um, I think there it is. I got it. Oh, you got 33 movies on here. All right. I've so seen seven of them. <laughs> So, so we go got Antichrist, Solo, nope, Nymphomaniac nope, Part nope. 2, Tokyo Gore Police, Which Human we've already Centipede. watched on this, this uh, podcast, if I'm not mistaken, that was Season 1, Episode 19, I believe. I think it's currently like, raining in our place. Uh, Human Centipede 3, a Serbian film, Audition, which you liked, uh, The Idiots, Bad Boy Bubby, Pink Flamingos, Martyrs, Cannibal Holocaust, Human Centipede 2, Sweet Movie, Caligula, The Devils, I Saw the Devil, The Greasy Strangler. Have you seen I Saw the Devil? I did. It's good. I was about to say. Cringy, but good. Um, I Spit on Your Grave, uh, Hobo with a Shotgun, Dogtooth, I Stand Alone, which I haven't seen, Last House on the Left, Left, I haven't seen. That's the OG one. In the Realm of the Senses, I have not seen. Visitor Q, I have not seen. Yeah, most of these ones at the end, I have not seen. There's no Exorcist? Well, Exorcist, I wouldn't really consider cringy. These are movies, like, that get so extreme at one point or another, you're just like, oh! Yeah, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't have, like, Ichi and, like, I Saw the Devil sitting... With, like, Salo and Antichrist or Tokyo Gore Police, especially seeing this Tokyo Gore Police is, like, hilarious. Um, 
I don't know. There was some pretty cringy stuff in Tokyo Gore Police, especially if I ranked it up at four. It's it's also, like, super unrealistic, where, like, Mm -hmm. stuff like Audition or what I assume was, like, Antichrist or Martyrs or Serbian film. Um, Caligula. There's a copy of that sitting in this house. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Um, this is um, basically movies that are geared to make your skin crawl. So, uh, yeah, have fun picking one. Well, I go ahead and tell you, it will not be Sallow. <laughs> no, thank you. I don't ever need to sit through that again. Uh, I like that you have Nymphomaniac Volume 2, but not 1. Not Volume 1. 1 is a little bit more sensual, where 2 is just painful. So, Which I've seen Volume 1. I never saw Volume 2. I mean, I've only, like I said, I've only seen 7. Also, Human Centipede 3, but not the Human Centipede. There's Human two. Centipede is actually quite artful compared to two and three. Three is like almost pornography and two is pretty painful. Alright, well I'm gonna take some time to look over this. Um I'm pretty sure Carl just picked up a Serbian film not that long ago. Oh no. <laughs> and um so a Serbian film, Antichrist and Martyrs are ones and call it Cannibal Holocaust that I'm like familiar with that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen the OG spit on your grave. I've seen I saw the devil. I've seen Ichi the killer. Um, so hobo with a shotgun. Seen that. So I don't know. I'll come up with something. I'm sure. Cool. This this was not what I was expecting. I'm not even gonna front. Any what would. What would have been something you would expect? I mean, this is kind of harsh to be talking about in the family episode, but... Yeah, the first of all, that is some crazy juxtaposition. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> there. Um, and yeah, so we're going to go just... We're going to go from one spectrum all the way to the other in the next episode, so I guess that works. But I don't know. Like, I thought that you might be like, yo, we're going to pick something a little spooky or something. Maybe just like a horror movie or... You know, we haven't done, like, hardcore Criterion movies this season, so you might have been like, pick a Criterion. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, we're going full-on torture porn for the most part. Boy, howdy. Um, You always got to find a way to torture me, don't you? Well, you got to see him eventually, right? I don't have to, to be fair. (laughs) Well, it's up to you, so... All right, and if you would like to get in touch with the Averages Movie Clubcast, how do we do that, Joey? You can email us at theaveragejoesmovieclubcast at gmail.com, or you can go to our Facebook page, the Average Joe's Movie Clubcast. Press the big red button. It will do the, all the work for you other than typing the question. Go to the bottom of this. Leave comments. Go to our uh, letterbox pages and comment on there. We want to hear from you, you know. And mine. Yep, Ninja Nolan, look for him. Yep, he's, he's on there. He's up and coming. He is. He's going to overtake his dad one day. Oh, my. Um, did you have fun, Nolan? Yes, I had so much fun talking about these movies. Awesome. I was glad to have you. I'm glad you, you stepped to the, to the challenge. You did me proud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, was, I enjoyed you being on and getting to... You get to talk about movies with someone a little different than usual. Yeah, there you go. Someone who agreed with my correct uh, correct <laughs> takes on this. So, Justin, 
Why do we do this show? Because we love talking about movies. Later. Night. Feeling. Still I think this just might be my nice.